Hi there, and welcome back to Faith for Finances. My name is Sam Piercy. I am your host. And today we are at the church house looking at the connection between kingdom finances, kingdom wealth principles, what the word says about finance and what the world teaches us about finances. And more importantly, that three letter word, how. you actually start to bridge together all of this stuff because there actually is a system there's a method to it we call it the money minding method and when I was in the world of finance managing millions of dollars and teaching the curriculum the one thing that was really interesting to me was the first step of a six-step financial planning process is set a goal and I was honestly befuddled about why people struggled with setting a goal. What was so difficult about that? And I heard it spoken by a cancer survivor that there's this yawning chasm between where you are and where you want to go. And it had nothing to do with finances, but that yawning chasm, I realized we start from a position of lack. And yet we don't really start from a position of lack because through the blood of Jesus and through the promises of the Bible, we have everything we need. It's pretty clear from Genesis to Revelation that God wants us to be blessed. But how do we make that connection is what we're gonna start to talk about. And it's important that you know that it's a process. You start where you are and you're not necessarily gonna get it in a half a second. You're not gonna get it in 30 minutes. I want to introduce the concept and I'm going to keep introducing the concept and keep coming back and I encourage you to take a step, take the next step and just be open to the possibility of tapping into that entrepreneurial spirit. What is an entrepreneurial spirit from a biblical perspective? We have a definition. We call it kingdom entrepreneurs. Kingdom entrepreneurs, they create products and services and various things that bless other people from ideas and opportunities that God gives to each purpose, or to each person to fulfill his good plans and purposes that benefit and inspire all of humanity, that share his goodness for others. Kingdom entrepreneurs are an example of God's love and creative energy. Kingdom entrepreneurs, they inspire others to also pursue God-given opportunities that produce kingdom wealth. What is kingdom wealth? It's something that brings God's love right into those deepest, darkest areas of humanity, of where evil and poverty has come in, but also right into our families and our homes and every day, every day, every area of our life. So what we have here, we call this the money mining method. And there's 12 steps. And as soon as I say 12, people go, ooh, that's too much. But I will start with this. Purpose. What is your purpose? 
See, if we start with where we are and what we have, there's a whole series of exercises that fit into uncovering and identifying and pursuing and connecting with your purpose, your God-given purpose. Because what's interesting and what you're interested and passionate about is going to be different than what I'm interested and passionate about, and so on and so on and so forth. And so we start where we are. And that might sound simple, but if we've never thought this way, then it's a, it's a shift. So let's take these 12 steps, which tend to overwhelm people, and break that down even further. We start up here with a plan. Then we have to plant some seeds, cultivate that to produce a harvest. As simple as that might sound, using an agricultural model, if we start with no plan, or, the gen or we actually start by default with the plan of go to school, make sure you get a good education so then you can go get a good job so then you can work and then you can save your money and hope you can stay out of debt so that you can accumulate enough money and eventually you can purchase things or retire when you're not as productive in the workforce that becomes our plan by default and then what happens is we are taught in order to save to produce a harvest there is nothing wrong with saving God says a lot to do with saving but saving and investing are different things so if we start and we're trying to produce a harvest, we end up looking after, going for money. And then that is almost lottery thinking because we're just chasing the next buck or praying for the next buck or believing for the next buck. And yes, that is walking by faith, God provides. However, God is also a God of order and harmony and peace. And he gives us the potential to pursue things according to his plans which would be sequentially. Now he's going to order our steps, but we have our part to play. So what is our part? How does that actually look? We do want to follow the steps, but that doesn't mean that you're not pursuing a harvest all right away. It means that there's a process that starts down here like this. We start with our purpose. The first three of these 12 steps, and this is uh, the first of four of the 12 steps. This is the main one. This is how you know if you're jumping ahead and you're chasing after something that sounds good or that worked for your neighbor or somebody else says, yeah, look at this, buy stocks right now. What kind of stocks do you buy? Oh, buy, buy options or Bitcoin or, or, or put it on your credit card because you're gonna, you're gonna make a million bucks. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. This is how you know, first of all, where and when to start to pursue some of these things at the top of the 12 steps. So down at the bottom is the first three. We start with your purpose. You've got to know where you are. You have to have a personal vision and that personal vision needs to have a price tag attached to it. That's how you start to fall into and, and uh, piece together, earn more than you spend. Because if you don't have a vision for the type of lifestyle that you'd like to live, then you start to build a lifestyle based on the money that somebody else has offered you or that you think you can have. That's why um, sales commissions and profit sharing and self-employed people and entrepreneurs uh, are, people say, well, that's risky, but it means that they have a vision for something bigger than themselves that's going to help them fulfill their purpose. Maybe their purpose is to uh, raise their kids 
to educate their kids. Maybe their purpose is to uh, fund missions. Maybe their purpose is to uh, um, own their own home and live off-grid. Maybe their purpose is to uh, help homelessness or, or to look after elderly parents. Everybody is different. It doesn't matter what the purpose is. What matters is that that drives the vision. And then from there, God gives each of us seeds. And in financial terms, that's where we start to put together financial statements. And once you start to establish the, the skills to do that, if you're doing your personal financial statement, it starts to help you learn and understand the knowledge to then apply that up here when you're doing investing. This can take a short time, it can take a long time, you can be referring back to it, you can go through this multiple times, but learning how the components of a financial statement work starts down here as you're gathering your information. It's absolutely fascinating though how difficult it is for people to start there. And I don't mean to, to say, well, this is a hard process. It's not hard at all. It starts up here. It starts with recognizing that, oh, we actually have been following money. We've been pursuing money. The word says blessing. The world teaches us to look after money and to manage money. And I'm not saying we don't manage money. We absolutely do. But we start by managing our relationship with God. And what is he calling us to? And what is he showing us the opportunities? If we aren't prepared to take a pen and paper and to start gathering some information and doing some research, what is the cost of your vision? What does your current situation look like? And sometimes we might need help. We might need somebody to sit with us to do that. I remember one woman I worked with, I actually sat with her for 12 hours just to gather the information that was uh, the various things that were being charged to different credit cards and different bank accounts. She was so distraught because her husband had um, been managing the money when in early Alzheimer's. And she didn't know which way was right side up. And so it's like, okay, Lord, and I'll just, I sat with her. We need to recognize that sometimes this is a block. And if it's a block, why is that? Fear. Fear of what? Fear of what it might show? Fear of the unknown? Fear of coming face to face with where you currently are? I remember lots of times where I was so sure that that was it. The sky was falling and the idea of logging onto the bank account would just send, send me into high stress mode. Why? I was fine if I was just doing something else on the computer. I hadn't moved, the environment hadn't changed, but the thought of it was stressful. One, two, three. We call this the foundation. Okay, step one is purpose, step two is th uh, vision, three is seeds. Then we go into the next phase, which is your, your planting stage. This, this can be expanded and it's going to change as your sit situation grows. What are your systems? How do you track your finances? Are you thinking entrepreneurially? And a business has the money coming into one account and then it gets dispersed and the, the bills are paid and there's a tracking process and there's somebody that does this. It doesn't mean that everybody needs to be a bookkeeper, everybody needs to be an accountant. It means that we have to start thinking 
order and harmony and peace and systematic. So setting up some systems for, for tracking things. If paperwork is your thing, great. Set up your systems and look after it. If paperwork is not your thing, then set up a system so that when you get a piece of paper, you write on it. And then you have a place for them to go. In our house, we have a series of boxes and then we give them to the bookkeeper to look after that. It's whatever it is, when you get an envelope, do you open it or do you just toss it aside? Do you have a place that you know when to pay the bills? These things matter because they are the habits. And sometimes our habits need to change. And sometimes we just don't even know. I'm looking at resetting up my filing system right now. And so I'm asking people who I know and respect and are in similar industries, how do you track this stuff? How do you organize your things? How do you organize your files on your computer and your emails? And how do you deal with the volume of communication that comes in? Right now we've got email and text messages and Facebook messages and LinkedIn messages and on and on and on and on and on. How do you keep track of that? Ask some people, get some support and say, I don't know what to do with this. I want to do this, but I don't know where to start. Okay, that's a good place to start asking some questions. Then we move up into the smaller step, which is your current cash flow, your obstacles and leverage. And it's smaller, but these are real financial planning areas. The current cash flow, whatever you've got in your hand, you need to make sure that you've got enough to cover the bills, to put food on the table, a roof over your head, pay for the transportation, pay for the essentials and maximize the efficiency with that. And that does not mean that you have to just scrimp and save and cut back. It might. It starts with being intentional. What are you spending? What are you earning? What do you need? When do you need it? Is just as important as what you have. That's part of cash flow. And we'll talk more about cash flow planning on faith for finances because all of these things, they reinforce our faith and they help bridge that gap between what God says and where we are. It's not just a matter of implementing principles. Obstacles, what are the obstacles? What are the risks? What does risk actually mean? The definition of risk is the potential for loss. Is that what we see? And how do we minimize that? And then how do we start to combine some of these things? And then leverage. In financial planning circles, that concept of leverage, hmm, yeah, no, it's like a, it's a bad word, but that's what we do. We leverage our relationship with God. We leverage our ability to, to pray and communicate with him and to walk in obedience and to refer to his word. We walk, we leverage the, the seeds that he gives us, the ideas that he gives us, the connections that he, uh, uh, the people that he brings into our life. And in financial circles, we're, we're training our mind to think of what do I have and how can I multiply that? And then we get up here into the top, 10, 11, and 12. Step nine, leverage, is a very, very powerful tool when you start to apply it to, to building assets that create immediate cash flow, immediate income. It's very, very risky if you don't have proper systems and checks and balances to know uh, when to buy, when to get out of an investment, whether that's real estate or stocks and bonds or a business of some sort. But when you start to, when you've got the foundation, now you can start to make some decisions up here. 
You start off by using your current income, your current cash flow to build or acquire an asset that creates immediate income. In the world we live in today, income gives you more leverage. It's not a matter of just the growth. In fact, growth means the only way you can use it is to consume it, unless you're going to leverage it. How do you build an asset and leverage it? You start by creating income. Now, what kind of things are that? That can be a business. It can be using a mutual fund, or it can be uh, investing in uh, whole life insurance, where you've got an asset that is a cash asset that you can then use to create income. So if you're going to buy a mutual fund, for example, instead of just putting it aside and letting it grow for however many years, if you took $1,000 and you invested it and knew that it was going to provide 10 bucks a month, there's 10 bucks a month that you can use to pay for your coffee and your muffin on Saturday morning. It's a small thing, but it's big in terms of how it creates that uh, momentum. $10, $20, $100. How you do anything is how you do everything. So if you can start with $10 and you can build the knowledge, you can build the foundation so that you understand who and how and where and when to do things, then you're bridging the gap between $10 and $10 million, and it's going to be all purpose-driven. So then we get up to things that grow. There's absolutely nothing wrong with investing for growth. Of course, that's the objective when you're investing. However, if you start by just trying to grow it and, and focusing on the rate of return, then the rate of return becomes your focus and you miss all this other stuff. You miss understanding the financial math of time value of money. You miss the flow. The power is in the flow. The power is the income. I learned this years and years and years ago, a book that was written in the 1970s about where do you start? Well, start with can you build or acquire an asset that will provide immediate income to pay for one hour of your time? And if you can do one hour, then can you go with one day, one week, one month, one year? You start small because as you start to do that, you're actually building and increasing your entrepreneurial spirit. That creative force that God's given to each of us to take an idea that he gives us. He's a God of creation and his ways are, are overflowing and multiplying. And so how do we do that? Then we can get up into this really fun, creative stuff. And that's where we get option trading, we get cryptocurrency, we get foreign exchange, we get gold and silver and all these other kind of commodities, you get uh, private businesses, you get all kinds of stuff. All of these things, they're all good, but I get asked all the time, well is this a good investment or is that a good investment? And the answer is always, it depends. And then from here, we would then move on to the second stage of applying the 12 steps, which is a 12-step decision-making hierarchy. And then if there's any kind of debt, then the stuff that is going to hold you back, then we apply the 12 strategies for dealing with debt. And then we can start to uh, go through a process of unlocking the creative ideas that start with generating income with 10 bucks. You can say, well, 10 bucks is not a big deal. But it is a big deal when you start to multiply it 
$10 multiplied 12 times produces $20,000. $20,000 over 12 years, if you did $10 a month and then $20 a month, $40 a month for certain years, to over uh, 12 years if you generated $10 a month and then so on and so forth, by the end of 12 years you'd be generating $20,000 a month. It's a process, so this is about starting with a plan. And that plan starts with purpose. From purpose we go to our vision. The two are very connected, but one starts with something outside of ourselves because it's never really about the big boat or the big car or the motorhome or the big house. But you're not doing it because you feel like you should and you don't do it because of greed. You do it because God's given you a big vision. If he's given you a big vision, he's given you a big purpose. If you're traveling around the world to the point that you actually aspire to have your own jet or that that makes the most sense, it's because you're doing big business, you're doing big ministry and you're reaching a lot of people. That means that you've got a lot of, um, your purpose is different. If you're going to administer the gospel globally, traveling commercial might be cheaper, but that mindset that says, well, all that money could be going to the, the poor, yes, if somebody's got to go and evangelize those people and there's a, a mission, that a purpose that God's put on your heart, it's going to cost money. So how do we help those people? How, it, that's not for all of us. That's not my thing is to own an airplane and travel around the world. My thing is to equip and to teach and to share some hope and a new way of looking to help unlock that entrepreneurial spirit. That's why we call this Faith for Finances. There is a program called Faith for Finances, and it's a 30-day, it's almost like a quick fix, I guess. As easy as that is and as short a time frame as it is, the number of people that look at that and go, well, I don't have time. Okay, well, why don't you have time? Hmm, I see. You're busy working three jobs. Okay, well, what if you could take 15 minutes? What if you did it in three months instead of 30 days? What if you just actually postured yourself and said, what if, God? What if I give you my life? What do you want to do with my, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I do not want to be limited by finances. What if you need 100 bucks? If you need 100 bucks, great. Where's it going to come from? What if somebody you know needs 100,000? and they need it in a week. Would you know what to do, where to start? Like, where do we start? We start by being open to the idea that God is a God of infinite abundance and infinite ideas and that we were made in his image. And so we start down here. And I will tell you that step one, two, and three, just having a plan with a price tag on it will change your life. And by having a plan, then it becomes really easy to get to harvest. And the size of the harvest will be driven by your plan. It'll be driven by your purpose. And then you've got something specific to pray into. Then you've got something outside of yourself to pray into. And then you really are dependent on God to provide in whatever way he's gonna provide. Sometimes he's gonna provide in ways that aren't even money. It's never about this. This stuff is really fun. Joe and I have had a lot of, t a lot of fun doing this but we had this stuff in place. And that's where we want to get, potentially. But just because it's working for somebody else doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Just because you're reading about it right now with the stock market being down and there's good opportunities doesn't mean 
that you should be running in and buying stocks because you always got to start back down here. And this piece in here, this financial planning piece, maximizing your current cash flow, minimizing obstacles, even just identifying obstacles is a huge one. And then being efficient with that. That way, if you're looking at insurance, for example, or buying a car or using any kind of credit, if you've looked at your current cash flow and how to maximize your cash flow, then it, and then it becomes more obvious about uh, how you can combine systems. Because right there, you're starting to build a mindset of, of leveraging. You're starting to see how you can be efficient. And then it's not about, I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to save money and I can't do this. It becomes more about, I want to do that because my purpose right now is to, to support an orphanage over in Zimbabwe. And those kids, they need me and I got to do that. And my vision is to support that. And that vision is going to cost this. So it's purpose-driven vision. In order to do that, I have to have X, Y, and Z. Okay. I'm here. I'm, I'm doing this. That means there's certain things that have to happen. God had to connect me with certain people. This is a vision that's been on my heart for years and years and years. And I was, I was sharing how I, was like, oh, I guess I, I need to pay attention to my attire because being on camera is different clothing than speaking. It's different clothing than if I'm working on the computer. It's different clothing when I'm doing other things. So it just so happens I actually like shopping. So now I have a, a, a purpose for my clothes that's part of my vision. Because if you're saying, well, I can't do this and I can't afford that, then right away you shut down that creative force. That entrepreneurial spirit gets triggered when you connect with those first two and then you break through that fear and that intimidation that wants to stop you from looking at it. Somehow the most important part is the people that God connects you to. Because there are people that love you. In fact, usually it's the people that love you the most that are going, I don't know, why would you want to do that? I don't know, that sounds risky. And that, they love you. They're not trying to steal your dream. They have their own dream. And as we each pursue our dream, then we help other people be inspired. And that's our purpose as a kingdom entrepreneur. Doesn't mean we have to go out and have a business. We gotta be self-employed. It doesn't mean any of that. It means we start thinking that way even when we're making our investment decisions. If we're buying real estate, it's the same process as if we're buying stocks. Whether that real estate is our own home, whether it's an investment piece of property, it doesn't matter, it's the same process. You start small and then you multiply it. Are you ready for more? Are you ready to break free from limitations? Are you ready to actually look at what your vision might be and put a price tag on it? That'll, that means that we've got to go back again because it's okay to put a price tag on it that you can't see if you know why. And as soon as you can start to do that, you take the concepts something intangible and you make it tangible and as soon as you do that now you can see it and then you're putting Habakkuk 2-2 into practice to write the vision 
Make it plain so that even a runner can run with it. And surely it will come to pass, even though it might tarry. Now you can start to plan. Our four stages. Planning. Planting. Cultivating. And then the harvest. And so, try it. Start small. Just be open to shifting. There's a whole process and it doesn't matter whether you've got a million dollars right now or whether you're in debt a million dollars. It doesn't matter if you live in Canada where we live or whether you live in some remote area in Africa. God gives each of us opportunities. It doesn't matter whether you need a million bucks or whether you need 10 bucks. It starts with the small things. Stay tuned. We'll see you next week. It's faithforfinances.com and this is the, the first stage of the 12 steps that we call the money minding method. Thank you and God bless.